Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world where we don't talk about heart-to-heart very much anymore, but we still kind of do. I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the virgin voyager, Joe Garber. And tonight, we were able able to get return guest, Travis Vogt. Hi, Travis. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Apologies in advance to the listeners. I was, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did you have a title last time? You want to make one up on the spot right now? <gasps> oh, oh a, a ti- like like what you guys just said—the romantic, mm, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the romantic, oh, whatever. Gosh, um, I mean that's a good one. Um, ooh, I keep on, I keep on like teddy bear type of thing. Ooh. <laughs> teddy bears, but then What's it's happening like happening right now. But then it's like what, a teddy bear, bear wearing a teddy. What? What? <laughs> What's, What's going on? Teddy bear. What? But it's Wait, spelled what differently. <laughs> what? No. Are you looking at that in your house, or is that the name? I'm going with that for the name. That seemed to get a that seemed okay. to get a reaction of some kind. He's just looking, yeah. looking around the room. Confusion is a is a reaction. What what is what is the title again? It's like not. I'm the Virgin Voyager, and I'm I'm the diehard That's romantic. That's what I thought. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't seen anything. Uh, oh, oh, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like actually close to like what our movie watch it's like, experience is. Like your representative, of, it's, but it's, it's your orientation to heart to heart, basically. It really is. Your oh. orientation to so Teddy Bear yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm your guy who's seen 15 episodes. There you go. Okay, cool. Exactly. That's, that's a great title. So the you're, teenager, the the adolescent, the teenage. Yeah. There you go. Your guy, 15. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, tonight we so we <laughs> have we Travis back. <laughs> we have Travis back because in the last episode we said if we got to Still of the Night, we would invite <laughs> him back, and we got there in two episodes. Yeah, because that's how uh, aggressive <laughs> Ellen and I are about seeing movies that we really like. So hard you've been angling towards Still of the Night this entire time. <laughs> Correct. This is tonight's episode. We followed Sarah Botsford to Still of the Night from 1982. Who is the mom from Legal Eagles who we see maybe for 10 seconds. Yes. But <laughs> it's a very movie. important 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It really establishes that relationship. So well, let us tell you what this movie is about in a little segment we call The Minute Max, starting with our guest, Travis. Oh, oh boy. Taking the bullet. Here we go. Uh, okay, let me let me collect my thoughts here. Uh, guy 15. Okay, Guy 15. Guy 15 is good. I, I mean, like I might that. start have I might start calling myself that just in regular life. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, that, guy, yeah, that's Imagine normal. me introducing myself to you at a party and saying, "I'm Guy 15." I mean, yeah. you're intrigued. I just Im- immediately imagine like a big letterman jacket that says Guy and then 15 huge <laughs> <laughs> numbers on the back. <laughs> Guy fifteen. Guy fifteen. But then he. But then I call myself Guy fifteen. Like I'm like like I'm really broken inside or something. Like that. Yes. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you spell it if you spell out fifteen or if it's just the numerals. <laughs> the numerals. There's got to be some some somewhere in between where there's a numeral and I'm spelling it out. <laughs> it's a five and then teen. Yes. Yes. There we go. I love it. There we go. But then wow. in parentheses, fifth, because we've got you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's an idiot. <laughs> That's right. Nobody gets me. Uh, all right. So, okay. So, <laughs> so one minute to describe still of the night. I, I will I will do my damnedest. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and I'm keeping uh, time by myself, Correct. as I remember yes. correctly. Yeah, so just, just go whenever? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You feel ready. 
Okay, Roy Scheider, big divorced energy. Uh, he just got <laughs> divorced. It's a big problem. Uh, he is best friends with his mom, who is Jessica Tandy. <laughs> and uh, they're both psychotherapists. They, they have therapist-to-therapist discussions. But that's not particularly important, because what's important is Meryl Streep uh, comes into his life. She's a femme fatale. It's Meryl Streep. Uh, she was the mistress of a person. It's Meryl Streep. It's the mistress of a person who who was murdered recently. So that's not great. And she's very haunting and mysterious and really seems like she did it. I mean, she's not even trying to act like she didn't a lot of the time, at least behaviorally speaking. Uh, but then it turns out. Oh, uh, do, do we do spoilers? In the, yeah. In yeah. Oh, yeah. But sure. then it turns out she didn't do it. Some random person did it. Uh, uh, Sarah Botfly. <laughs> Uh, the one who did it, and uh, and the whole thing is Alfred Hitchcock um, for more sophisticated. Oh, that's it. Oh, <laughs> more sophisticated what? That, that's it's like know. less, you know. It's like Hitchcock. It's clearly a Hitchcock riff, but it's like for it's, people it's... who don't want to stoop to like Hitch. Hitchcock's trashy <laughs> as hell, I, and this is uh... like trying to be a real adult, sophisticated like. Yeah. It's not that trashy. We'll, yeah. we, we will definitely get into that. <laughs> yeah. It's inescapable. Yeah. Unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, but first, Joe. All right. <clears throat> Bring it home, Joe. Still of the night. Okay. We're in a world that's somewhere halfway between a David Lynch movie and a Lifetime original movie. And Roy Scheider is a therapist. And a woman comes in with a watch who belonged to a man who just got murdered. And she wants him to give it back so that his wife doesn't find out that she was cheating on him with her or whatever. However you say that. Uh, it's Meryl Streep. And she introduces herself as Burt Reynolds. And then she works at an auction house. <laughs> and so he goes to the auction house to find her. And it, a lady gives him a tour of the auction house, which is also a police station. And there's a <laughs> detective upstairs. Uh, there's lots of auctioning happening. And he, uh, he buys a $15,000 painting to signal to her that the police are there. And she runs away to her cabin at, on the coast where... There was a nightmare that the guy who got murdered had taking place at this cabin with a little girl that was chasing him. And then this woman shows up and tries to kill them both. And it turns out that it was the woman he was cheating on his wife with before Meryl Streep, Burt Reynolds. And she goes, she doesn't stab Roy hard enough. And she stabs Meryl too hard and falls off a cliff. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the end. Joe nailed it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't really feel this is necessary. For I think we should just jump right in. Necessity is uh, is a fickle beast. Is irrelevant. Oh no. Mm, okay. All right. Still of the night, starring Roy Scheider and Meryl Streep. So Joe and Travis already said all the shit about the psychiatrist and the watch. So I'm just gonna jump in there that. Um, Meryl Streep is like one of Hitchcock's icy blondes. She's mysterious. She's uh, sexual, but not sexual. It's psychosexual. And she is icy and mysterious. There's something wrong. But it's because she has a crazy backstory in which she uh, murdered her father. But we don't find that out until later. But she has a psychotic uh, co-worker in addition to a co-worker that hits on everybody and fucks all of them. And it's super inappropriate. <laughs> and he goes to see Rorschach, who is the psychiatrist. But Meryl Streep gets massages in her incredible looking <laughs> Thank you, Nestor Almendros. And then uh, everybody works in a red office in the auction house named Crispin's. And then there's like an auction of a bunch of weird shit and some Jim Dine stuff. And um, Jessica Tandy is like, uh, this, this dream that your patient had, George Bynum, the murdered guy, he's murdered right away in the first scene. Um, she's like, oh, this is a woman who seems childlike on the surface, but underneath is capable of extreme violence. And she is. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Excellent. Wow. 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 I don't know if I can top that. So uh, I'm not going to try. I'm oh, just wow. going right, to. I'm end. just going to be a weirdo. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, legal Eagles. No. Uh, <laughs> no, not again. Blonde woman Two. art scene in New York. <laughs> uh huh. Childlike. All right. This is still of the night. A psychiatrist has a patient who fucks everybody at work like a real <laughs> catch. And uh, one of the one of the women he's fucking shows up at Roy Charter's place with a watch. Says, "Can you give this to his wife? Because I don't want to look like a hoe." And we also find out that dead patient was kind of like, I think she's more your type, Roy Scheider, which is really gross. And he keeps referring to it in multiple sessions as your girlfriend, which is really, really Weird. gross. Oh, yeah. I think they were trying for a vertigo thing, but it really just ended up being sleazy. Mm-hmm. It's the sleaziest thing in the movie. Uh, and <laughs> what else happens? There's an auction. There's a murder in Central Park that's fucking rad. There's uh, the little ratatouille-looking cop uh, (laughs) from some other movies. (laughs) Um, There's the larger ratatouille-looking cop. That's his partner, (laughs) I'm guessing. Um, And then there's a beautiful house in the Hamptons. Oh, that's the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Outstanding. Ratatouille-looking cops. Tell me that was not Ratatouille and his brother or cousin or whatever the fuck. I had to look it up. I was like, that's Ratatouille. And that's then it turned Ratatouille. out it was some other, it was another actor who played what? Ratatouille. Joker I've never Posse. seen Ratatouille. Yeah. Oh my God. Why aren't we doing that one? Oh, well, so stay tuned for links. Cancel this. See if we can find a connection to, from this to Ratatouille. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenge. I'm Let's watch Ratatouille sure really quick instead of talking about this movie. We'll just do a live I, Ratatouille watch. <laughs> a watch along. So, I have to say, uh, I'm very, I'm very curious. I listened to the last episode, devastated, devastated to hear Joe's opinion uh, about legal uh, eagles, of I course. Yes. But I'm sorry. I still, I still get it. Um, th- th- that movie's a very acquired taste, and uh, but I have to say, that movie is a thousand times more exciting than Still of the Night. Like, oh. how did you, I'm curious to see how. You feel. I mean, I like Still of the Night a lot, but it's very slow. Yes, and I was curious as to, I was wondering whether you liked it more or less. I don't well, know. If we'll we find get to out. That I know. I'm, okay. I'm kind of it's the, the last segment. There's a whole lot of weight on on that for me, and I've, I'm Uh-oh. tempted to just ask you right up front, like, did you enjoy Still of the Night? <laughs> I did enjoy Still of the Night. Yeah, I it's the like I think what threw me on Legal Eagles was the weird the tone shift of like the romantic comedy stuff with the insomnia ex, like silly examples of insomnia and with this it felt like way more streamlined and more just way more engrossing. So and just yes. more clear on their vision for what this movie was it felt like. So yeah, I totally. Respect. I mean, to me, the appeal of Legal Eagles is how completely insane it is. Yeah, tonally. But like, the, I mean, that's the deal with like tonal whiplash. It's like not people, not not a lot of people are into whiplash. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like not for everyone. When I'm when I'm not expecting it, I'm not that into whiplash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this movie is exactly what it wants to be all the time. It is. It is very slow, though. It's like it is going for. Uh, uh, I call it deliberate. Say? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm silent because I am. I just <laughs> full of rage. I don't. No, I just don't consider it slow. Oh, I've never really? had that thought. Yeah, but mm. but it's because I am. I like. I'm in. I'm right there. Like I was a Hitchcock child, mm. and I live for the thrill. So 
this is just like for me just like so yummy it's as yummy as it is a derivative it is as exciting to me as it is a, like just a super heavy-handed homage of sorts like it just is Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Despite all of its flaws, it's That's... like I'm the devoted lover. Like I just, it's like I love you, even if you are. Mm, you're not perfect. No. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're everything you just said. But is, I care about you. Is me uh, as well. Yeah. I I caught this movie on cable one late night, like weekend, in I think 1983. Oh. Uh, and I, I jumped, I turned it on at the beginning of the dream. It's so scary. Oh, wow. So I was immediately excited because all I ever wanted to watch was scary things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and this one was super scary. Yes. You know why? There's no music in this movie. Yeah. There's music at the very beginning oh. and there's music yeah. at the very end. Mm -hmm. The rest is entirely sound design and Nestor Almendros's fucking hypnotic photography. Uh -huh. Oh God! Yeah. Um, so that shit was wigging me out as a child, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then it turns into this kind of slow. Well, so yeah, slow. It's a de deliberate um, for a for a ten year old or whatever. You know, a deliberate six year old shit uh, film that yeah. is far too sophisticated for a child. Um, that said, I always remembered it. I never saw it again until I was maybe 18 or 19 mm -hmm. and finally was like, oh, my God, I saw this movie when I was a kid. Fucking loved it watching it again. And then I didn't see it for another 20 years and watched it again and fucking loved it again. It's just, it, for me, this movie ages like <laughs> it, it ages like like a really good cheese. Like a like child a, with a bleeding teddy bear. The, the mm. things that stink about it are are the flavors that I enjoy the most. Right, right. I think that there's issues with the script, mainly. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, uh -huh. But I don't really care because the photography and the sound design and the performances, honestly, aside from some of Meryl Streep's gooey face, um, were, were amazing. And Sarah Botsford is amazing in this movie yeah. she's yeah. so fucking terrifying she plays it straight oh, the entire time she's super realistic she's i thought she was phenomenal yeah what we'll are... get a load of this oh yeah oh sorry uh we we, we talked about this in the, the last episode that i was on and you guys were talking about still of the night and i had never heard of it before right yeah right. Oh. never heard of it and you guys were giving me like details like roy scheider i was like whoa <laughs> and it was like robert benson i was like oh shit meryl <laughs> streep whoa and uh, and I was like, I have never, certainly never heard of that. Hundred percent, never seen it before, for sure. Oh, I saw that movie. <laughs> I saw, oh, I saw that fucking movie, September twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, whoopsie. We watched it in the splice room. Me and Corey we rented it for whatever reason, and uh, I didn't remember. I remembered it watching it again, but like having all those details, I totally put it out of my mind because I didn't like it very much the first time that I watched it. How far did you get in oh. before you realized you'd seen it before? Um, I think, oh, actually, like, cause I, I watched it on Amazon. And so like, once I saw the actual, like, prom, like the, the promo stuff uh, for it, uh, it was just those two together and looking that way. I was like, oh, I know this. Yeah. And then all the memories flooded back in, mostly having to do with that house and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say much like Eric, but except, uh, in a much different time frame, uh, <laughs> watching it, watching it again, the second time it clicked. Oh. Yes. It totally clicked. This like, is. Cause, 
Nice. So satisfying. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I was being almost like even if it, 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 it was when I gave it two and a half, I gave it two and a half on Letterboxd and I feel, felt like I was being generous then wow. be, be, because I like Roy uh. Scheider and I thought it looked really good. You know um, what? That's so. OK. Splice Room is where it, that's where me and, and well, I used to work and now Travis works um, and we would watch movies while working because it's, you know. It's as another employee there called it a shoelace factory where you just you just do your your repetitive task and don't fuck up and you can yeah. do whatever you can use your eyes and brain to wander. Yes. This isn't a movie to watch when there's other shit going on. This is not a uh this isn't I think this movie requires you to pay attention. Because uh, you need so. to you need to sit in it. You need to sit in the mm-hmm. tone and mm-hmm. and let it work its spell. Mm-hmm. And it could have also been like a sort of like if I'd watched it earlier in the day, then I'd be like, I got the energy for this. But it might have been like, we'll put it on for the last movie of the day. And I'm like, I'm just tired. I can't be watching Roy Scheider walk around in a park for 15 minutes. Sarah Botfly. (laughs) But then, yeah, Sarah Botfly. But you but like watching it now. But I I totally like deliberately paced movies like this, too. So it's just I needed to watch it again. I needed this. I needed to sit in. Now I'm going like, oh, boy, Roy Scheider's going to walk around in a park for 15 yes. minutes like, <laughs> i love this fun uh yeah ellen what's your connection what was when's the first time you watched this movie oh i think i talked about last episode of the pod i saw it in the theater with my friend shelly and it just was like oh yeah like, <laughs> just, yeah yeah um because i just had you know like a a childhood and at that moment like early teen thirst for suspense Mm -hmm. thrills death and this was just perfect for me i mean of course it's like much like legal eagles it just has the art stuff in it and i Mm -hmm. love that then i love that now um and i just just lap up the visuals like just the way it's shot and at that point you know I was deeply invested in AMC, which had just, I think, just dropped and movies on PBS and the one o'clock movie. And so I was just like Mm. really saturated in classic Hollywood of Mm. all kinds. And so films like Gas, you know, from Gaslight to Rear Window, like I saw all of those things when I was pretty young. Mm. Um, And so the references weren't necessarily like leaping out to me the way they do now with you know decades more of film watching and and pondering behind me but no i just loved it i mean it's just i just think it's so beautiful to look at and you know at the age that i was it was just that thing where you you just feel like even by being adjacent to something that you suspect is sophisticated yes right oh yeah um, <laughs> that you are sophisticated for sure yeah. and i just felt so like erudite and like you know just, i still feel that almost, way yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like, still do that just yeah so and it still does all of those things for me i still just find it like it's not i i want to resist like thinking of it as like a comfort food situation, but this is a film that I can slip into like uh, a warm bath and I love it. It's like the book that I can pick up and open it to any, any, any open. And I am completely immersed and satisfied and thrilled. It's just like an old friend to me. I love it. That's the magic trick that this movie pulls off is make is seeming so sophisticated and Mm give and giving 
such an air of sophistication that if you are actively <laughs> engaged with this film, you feel a little snooty. Right? Uh, and that's hilarious I... because the script is sub airport novel. Like it is, it is totally the one of the most yeah. thrown together. Like we want this scene, we want this scene, and we want it to feel like this. Yeah, mm, just do whatever. Yeah, the yeah. The dialogue that the police speak in this movie is so hysterically bad. <laughs> and I love I love them. I love the two cops in the movie. They're, oh, they're yeah. they crack me up. Uh-huh. But it's one there's one dead guy. Uh-huh. And they're com- they're just like, "Oh my god, she's going to do it again. She's yeah. going to do it again. We know that a woman did it." Right. And right. we know she's going to do it again. It's yeah. like, "How do you know a woman?" <laughs> we're, we're so we're so overly sophisticated now thanks to English mysteries. Yeah. Don't uh, they say <laughs> so when the guy in the park gets murdered, which is I think the coolest shot in the whole movie when that when he gets mugged in the park and then he's leaving and he looks and the camera oh looks God, back at the so mugger scary. and there's sti- there's a woman's legs coming oh, down the stairs yeah, holy yeah. shit true, and the true. way they put that blonde looking scarf on that late on yeah. her too obviously you know but she, i think the police say isn't it like the same stab pattern or something is yeah. one of the things that they're like it's the same stab pattern it's clearly a woman who yes. has killed before it's she's like, got a whole way of stabbing yeah it's, it's called, her own uh, way hello. it's called an mo you guys it's yeah. an MO, which is her biggest foil as i mentioned in my minute max because she didn't stab roy hard enough to, and then she stabbed way too hard on the edge of that balcony. Like that, she sent herself flying over the edge of the railing. Like, uh, well, I mean, I, she just wants to incapacitate Roy because she really wants to kill Brooke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I, it's but all about he Brooke. is he is collateral yeah. damage. Like she was definitely wanting yeah. him dead. Yeah, uh-huh. because she tried to kill him with the mugger. That was she thought it was him. Yes, so, this is true. But so. It's just kind of confusing. And the the whole melodramatic speech that Meryl gives like is great because it's Meryl Streep performing it. That was very amazing, but it is a, an insane story that she's telling. The the way she's <laughs> tells it though is great it's and incredible. A, one single take. Yes. Just a 3 minute mm-hmm. monologue that she just yeah. nails. Yeah. She has two monologues in the movie. Yeah. There's there's one at the midpoint and then one towards the end where Meryl they're just like Meryl go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. just go. You're Meryl Streep. You uh, I think the thing that I maybe appreciate the most about this movie is getting to see Meryl Streep just in a in a regular movie in totally. a like regular performance. How often do you get to see Meryl Streep just be like a femme fatale? Yeah, in a in a regular thriller type movie. Yeah, like it's really fascinating and to see her kind of like enjoy herself doing that. I hope she was enjoying herself. No, she was not. She, she hated was not. it. Why? She also Why? she's she has gone on. She went on what what was the talk show? Was it Carson or Jay Leno? And he asked. <laughs> They asked, what was the worst movie you've been in? And she said, oh, still of the night. What? Oh, no. Yeah. Why? And, some, and I think someone also said, oh, I've never heard of it. And she said, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, she um, worked, did she work with Benton? In, it was Kramer versus Kramer before this or after? It's before? before. Bef- made before. Released yeah. the same year. Mm. But that's- she elaborates in another interview and oh. says that, it's just that the character, like, there just wasn't any place to go with the character, and and it just left her, you know, cold yeah. with that. This you is, can see her bumping up against that. 
Yeah. And she, and she never did anything like this ever again. Nope. Right. This ever. character is very similar to the character in Legal Eagles who is just like, <laughs> are you just trying to seem as guilty as possible the entire time? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Like, I have no <laughs> sympathy for you because you seem like you want to be guilty. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why you're that's, doing that that's so uh, hard. That's the whole femme fatale thing. It's just like, yeah, just like maybe say more words, more than two words in a room and like some people would trust you a little bit more. Let me just understand. let me say this on the in defense of Meryl Streep in this movie. The so even though the movie itself is paced like uh like a lecture, uh it's <laughs> that the, explains why I love it. Yeah, the <laughs> the performances are kind of the way that the the way the characters move through the movie is at, at kind of a clip. Like they are always on their way to or from something. There is some like there is yeah. an urgency to all of their performances. Aside from Roy Scheider, who's just kind of fucking around the whole time. Yeah, uh, drinking tab. He yes. always with his tab. Always he carries it with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laundry room into his hell. Rosemary's Baby laundry yeah. room. Right. Which is I have for, every time I watch this movie, I forget that that scene exists. And oh it's God. so scary. It's so scary. <laughs> yeah. But the question remains, like, has have any of you ever um, heard a sound and then it was just one of those damn alley cats? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> damn. Like, why is that a thing? Shrieking like, cat at, the, at like, yeah, your feet? Yeah, it's always just the yowling alley cat. Yeah. Like, that scamp. Why is that cat in the basement? Me. It was just like, oh, just a scamp cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about that. super. Yeah, right. we could talk about that basement forever. I love. I think the basement's the real star of the movie. How about that? Uh, well, uh, thanks, thanks to Nestor Almendros. Yes, the basement is the real star uh, of that yeah, movie. So <laughs> what a nightmare! Imagine moving yeah. into this building and like going down to do laundry the first time, and you're like, "Oh no, it's the Nostromo." <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, exactly. you're doing laundry in the ship from Alien. It's just vast. Mother, it has its own weather the system. There's like, big. There's like right. chains, wet chains hanging, and, and then a nice gal from upstairs has. Has like uh, a stinky herb in her necklace. Yeah, yeah. And you there's know? like, it's just, there's he walked down like five corridors that were yeah, like shoulder width. <laughs> like, yeah. more. Can you put the machines a, corner, like, a little closer to the elevator? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I love okay. it so much. I, know. I like that he grabs the tab. Yeah, as yes. if he's gonna like sprinkle tab on the boogeyman or whatever. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. throw the the can at the yeah this this movie could be called tab and cigarettes and it would be a oh, perfectly yeah. fitting so <laughs> much but n with an apostrophe the smoking was making me insane uh mm. it was meryl streep doing most of this doing the lion's share of the smoking in well, and jessica too. tandy everybody every time they walked into a room just, they just lit a cigarette oh yeah just puffing away amazing <laughs> so noir that's what i love that like, yes it's just completely like the tip of the of the hat right and it's, they all smoke the same the filterless top. cigarettes from mm-hmm. a light blue pack mm-hmm. it's like i'm like oh it's not chitons what is it I don't know what kind of cigarettes it is. It's just noir brand cigarettes. Noir brand. <laughs> Jetab. Cigarettes. They're yeah. g- galwats. Yeah, it's, it's for... Jetabs. It's in their malls for femme fatales. That's one of my favorite things about, about watching old movies is the, is the cigarette smoking. Because yeah. like, oh, the farther yeah. away we get from it, the more insane it is when you go back. Then you see people smoking in hospitals yes. and smoking in grocery stores and just at the most inopportune times. Like you, you just like you see people, and it's a movie from nineteen 
78. You know what the deal is, but you see a person in another person's car just casually pull out a cigarette <laughs> and let, you're like, you're not even going to ask them? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and not crazy. roll down the windows, oh. which is my favorite mm-hmm. thing in movies is just smoking <laughs> in a car with the windows rolled up. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, but it, what's interesting, like I'm sure somebody's written uh, a dissertation on this subject, but what then fills that space of meaning, of portent, of symbolism, of sexuality, of exchange, of character that smoking imbues into film. Mm -hmm. Because then, if you're doing a contemporary set piece, people are not going to be smoking. If if people are smoking, it feels like you've taken it out of time. Like it's no longer seated in in the present day. And, you know, I, I just... I've never wondered about that before. Like, what what are actors, screenwriters, everybody doing when we transition away from that? Because it is a moment, much like smoking in real life, which is like when I stopped smoking, what I missed was just that little moment, the little escape hatch, Mm -hmm. the moment to just be by yourself with your thoughts or to be with other folks and have like these really strange interactions with strangers really great moments really intimate moments with friends like just on the stoop you know i I don't know like i I, I, I am now wondering about that i was gonna jokingly say it's scrolling tiktok on a phone now but then (laughs) it kind of is it is that because you like characters will go outside and just like look at their phone now instead of smoking mm, i think yeah. it should have been replaced with harmonicas like you would just see like <laughs> yes. a character just like yeah just walk out walk out to their balcony Please. or something and play a harmonica tune while quietly reflecting about the events of the oh. film i love that <laughs> why not just a comb and tissue paper yes oh yeah They're doing the comb trick. that's great they have to like lick the paper and like make it like yeah. a rolled cigarette the poor man's kazoo <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> while someone else has a kazoo oh yeah oh i can't afford a kazoo City. City. <laughs> do i look like a millionaire i'm gonna get a kazoo yeah. i fold my own like the people that roll their own cigarettes the people exactly. with their own kazoos yeah. like, wow what you, that's really mysterious of you they're the blade of grass between your palms yeah people. It'd, be, it'd definitely be more insight into what they were thinking depending on the tune that they played it seems now, now this seems like a yorgos lampanos movie like it's a bunch of people in a field making different mouth noises yes, yes. what do we think about his mom what do we think about that character I just think that it's so shocking to me that they just got Jessica Tandy. They were just like, well, we're just going to use Jessica Tandy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll get Jessica Tandy. Of course. (laughs) Did you call Jessica? Yes, she's on her way. (laughs) (laughs) She's in. uh, Is she in two scenes or she even in two scenes? No, like three. I thought. Oh, she's in three. Okay. Not Maybe. enough Tandy. I thought so. I thought she was in two and they're both in the same place. So she was probably on set for about two hours one, she, like, one day for Sandy <laughs> she interrupts him and uh, Meryl and, Ro- and Burt Reynolds <laughs> making out <laughs> but she comes <laughs> in right. uh, and she's also a psychiatrist and so she there's a that scene is so cool when they're like he's talking about this man who was murdered about his nightmare and she's just like well let's just get through the, through the basic stuff yeah. the way they analyze this dream as mm-hmm. if it's fact in a way that is so interesting. And I just now want a show mm-hmm. about two psychiatrists who do that 
who like analyze people's dreams to solve cases. I know, like, even even though it's kind cool. of bullshit. I yeah. would I would watch every week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would want like poker Absolutely. face, but for dream interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> dream. Fifties fifties to nineties dream interpretation, which is what they thought psychotherapy was. Yeah. yeah just totally. tell me your dreams and then I will like do I will translate them yes. into what they mean. When yes. it's therapy is just listening to a person talk. Yeah. This is like right. all it is. But it's way more interesting if it's dream stuff, isn't it? Yeah. The dream sequence is just <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. my it's god. The... It scares me every time. Even it's really like unsettling. knowing what's coming makes it even worse for and me. And there wasn't even a cat yowling in it, which is surprising they could make it scary without that sound. <laughs> there is a cat though. Oh, there is there's a cat, there's a cat on the it, roof. But, cat. but it doesn't yowl, I don't know. No. But, but there is because a bird a monster. bird that, that caused yes, the hawk. <laughs> that bird yeah. scared the shit out of me. Yep, me too. Yeah. Which was there was a decorative hawk on a cabinet in her office. Yes. Right? Yes. And this is this is a point that pisses me off because he sees that and yeah. he doesn't open the cabinet yeah. that it's on. It's like is they don't really tie it in. I just the, again okay. So, uh, apologies, Ellen. My this is just a note. This is just uh, Eric's studio notes corner. Uh, can we have the torn up article be in the the hutch that the bird sits upon, just so that there's a little connective tissue between the dream and the <laughs> yeah. this sounds like a rewrite corner to me. It's so these are the giallo elements of the movie though, yeah. where it's where it's like here is a dream and yeah. the interpretation of the dream is. So accurate. <laughs> right. It's uh, uncanny. And then shown to the audience as if, you know, as fact. And then we, as the movie goes on, we, we actually go to these places. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really special. It's, uh, it's Polanski in its uh, genuineness of, of what dreams are like. Yeah. And the dream is just uh, is just a linear narrative, essentially, that unfolds mm-hmm. in a series of broad symbols. Yeah. Like the, like. It's a it's like a movie version of movie dreams. It's like an extra movie-fied dream. Yeah, because mm-hmm. obviously he's referencing a bunch like Hitchcock, particularly spellbound, I would guess. Oh yeah. Uh but with its different kind of surreality, but it's like green box and cat and bell and just definite symbols. Mm-hmm. And then yes. this scene at the end where they revisit the dream and yes. he's guiding his way through from, by the way, the way that a person described the dream to him. Yeah. Wasn't his own <laughs> dream. Yeah, I mean, right. this is third hand or very whatever. accurate. Dream. Right. <laughs> and he's able to like navigate through this house. That's the part I was watching this going like, I didn't like this the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like this the first time. This rules. That's yeah. I. This movie, I think, has some weird. There's something about it that just turns people off. Uh, and I don't understand it at all. Like we like Ellen and I said last week, I don't understand why this isn't a dress to kill level cult film it's because what you mentioned the the writing and the plot is it's like that's what the lifetime movie vibe i got (laughs) from it was like it it's like it doesn't feel thought through or something i don't know there's something about it where it just feels kind of cheap and flimsy the the plot deeply flimsy yeah Yeah. but in a a charming way i I, yeah i felt like this time maybe that bothered me the first time or something but I'm I'm getting less bothered by that sort of stuff as I get older. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because why? I mean, I I love all of the Hitchcock referential stuff, and there's just heaps and heaps of it. I mean, I just find that now like so satisfying. Um, for some reason, it doesn't enrage me or make me bored or anything. I just really dig it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I didn't. I, mean, I never noticed them. Like, uh, I <laughs> not even the rear window one. No, not really. I mean, I I hadn't when I first saw this movie. I hadn't seen Rear Window. I, I think I had only seen Psycho and The Birds mm. because those are the two that they show. They would show on television every month. So that's whatever. why you recognize the hawk. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't know Hitchcock, you know, in the 80s. Uh I didn't get into Hitchcock until the 90s. Mm. And then when I revisited the movie, I you know, of course, yes, all those things are there, but it's because of when it got me, mm. those things belong to this movie. Oh, I see. So I have a special it I have a special relationship in that way with it, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. I think my my favorite thing that he that he lifted and there's tons and tons of stuff um, but my favorite thing is the relationship between Roy Scheider and his mom. Yes. Which yeah, is, Roger which is a, Thornhill. Yes, parallel to Cary yeah. Grant and his mom. What? What? His? How old was his? His mom was three years older than him in North by Northwest. Like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it turns up in list of, but they have this hilarious like their buddies relationship in that movie. They're contemporaries. It's very weird. I love that. I love and it I too. Love it. It's kind of refreshing. It's funny because it's like, I can I get the reasoning for that also where it's like well these are two very cerebral people so they don't mm-hmm. and they figure out other people's problems so they don't have any of their of their own they figured out their relationship like he calls his mom by her first name when they are talking yeah about a case mm-hmm. <laughs> that but was they do strange. like they do say absolutely that she is his mother yeah he goes back and forth depending on the kind of nature of the conversation that they're having or where they're at in the conversation yeah mm-hmm. i think it's also implied that he maybe is it says it when he's a little annoyed with her as he calls uh, by his <laughs> first oh, yeah. name that makes sense. and then by the by the end of the thing they've maybe patched up their differences he's like all right mother or whatever <laughs> mom whatever i don't i don't know if he calls her mother like uh carrie grant does in north by north carrie <laughs> <laughs> grant calls his mom darling <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's weird, man. That is weird. That's a, Come on, darling. I mean, the North by Northwest references are so strong. Um, <laughs> of course, like the the even recent, like the hairdo on Meryl Streep is oh, yeah. a, a dead ringer. The Glen Cove reference is to die for. <laughs> I mean, that's just almost un- unbelievable that they would have it be in Glen Cove. Um, <laughs> you gotta love the it. Auction scene. Oh, auction the scene. Auction scene. Oh. You know, there's just so much, and I love it all. I think for me, the Vertigo references are mm. what really makes it like. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fall fo- when he's following her into the park. Oh yeah, totally. Um, then the and the just the whole um, the idea of Meryl Streep's character, like you know, just just barfing out this whole backstory about you know this her relationship with her father and how he died, and then of course she has the cathartic release um, that Jimmy Stewart has in Vertigo, which is. Right. It's like, oh, well, you won't you won't be able to overcome like the issues that you have that you bear from that tragedy until you have another shock. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so, mm. you know, what better shock than to have that bitch psychotic bitch <laughs> like go screaming to her death on the rocks below. That was pretty shocking the way she fell. That was like uh, ter- she fell just like nose first stretched out yeah I like mean, that straight was like, down onto, onto, her a, face. Like, onto a rocky shore yeah, yeah. A, real, a real meaty thwap yeah <laughs> yeah that was terrifying 
<laughs> the that part... also a similar death. I'm sorry, but a similar death happens in Final Analysis. That's another Hitchcock. Oh yeah, rip. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh. It ends practically the same way. Another death. <laughs> another plummeting death on a rocky shore. Uh, Spoiler alert for Final Analysis. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> I didn't say who. <laughs> yeah, we're past the statute of limitations on that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not super familiar with Hitchcock. So the one reference I did catch was the rear window thing. But then when Which they great. so she's. She, he's like, and then I that she had that apartment right behind my apartment, and it was just like very quick. And, the, yeah. and then he was watching her as this man comes into her apartment. She gets undressed. It's very strange. And then later in the movie, it's just like, oh, she's just getting a massage. It's her massage therapist, and that's yes. it. And it was like that's a very like just like ribbon and a bow. That's that mystery's tied up, done. Boo boo, bing bang boom. Like what? It's, it's almost reminiscent for me of a movie called Body of Evidence starring Madonna and Willem Dafoe, (laughs) which is filled with those moments where Madonna, Mm -hmm. the blonde, the icy blonde uh, who is Mm -hmm. being accused of murder, Uh (laughs) of fucking someone to death, uh, she, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is her, is her attorney, and all of the all of the claims waged against her, there is some cute little explanation for. Like, huh. like they claim that she does cocaine, and people have witnessed her do cocaine. So where does she go? She goes to a Chinese herbalist in Portland and buys white powder that she snorts right. to, for her headaches. Yeah. It's like all this same shit, same shit, but just way shittier. It's just like, <laughs> I just feel like you could, t- the point of that thing is to make her seem suspicious and guilty of these murders in a weird way. Totally. Or she's tied up into some weird shit. I feel like you could do that in a way that had something to do with her dad or something. I don't know. But then this movie would not be a lean, mean 90 yeah, minutes, which true. is two seconds astounding. under 90. It's astounding. two seconds <laughs> under 90 minutes. This movie. Yeah. I, I think that the massage scene, not only is it a fantastic excuse to rear window the shit out of that, mm-hmm. which begins with like the pelting rain, like through, we see Roy Scheider in his office through the rain streaked window, which is a shot that I absolutely love. Not to be confused with when they are in the uh, window pane and rain dappled shadow of his office Ugh. when they first oh, see yeah. it, which is just incredible. I but I digress. Um, it's just a great excuse to infuse the film even further with the blues and the reds. Yes. And I love that so much. And the inside of her apartment is entirely blue. Oh, my God. It's just the same blue. It's exquisite. But I feel like that is meant to give you, to support this idea that there's these things about her that you wouldn't you wouldn't know, right? Mm-hmm. That her... Her exterior belies the fact that she would have somebody come to her house and give her a massage because there's something that is implied that is sexual about that or, mm-hmm. you know, that she just is, is disrobing there with the curtains open. And it's just meant to make you feel like there's something about that waspy Brooke Reynolds. Yeah. You can't trust her. She is there's something not quite, you know, what you see is not what you get. It's yes. the, her, the, her willingness to be nude. Uh which Meryl Streep famously won't. Um, mm-hmm. So this is, I think this is the, the most skin she's ever shown in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that, as you were saying, the, 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 our assumptions, our puritanical assumptions of 1982, when we see a man walk into a woman's apartment and she gets totally naked and he starts taking his clothes off, is something mm-hmm. sexual is going to happen? When mm-hmm. we find out it's a massage, the thing that 
that keeps our our attention on her sexuality is that she she is totally naked being massaged and she just lets this person she's met once before in and says yeah and she has a full mm-hmm. conversation with him and even touches mm-hmm. his hand uh it's it's really yeah she's still sexual she is still dangerous in that respect. Mm-hmm. It's pretty weird. She's moaning periodically too. Yeah. And they're having oh, yeah. a, like a heavy conversation yeah. about whatever the hell. She's and yeah. she'll just be like, I didn't want him to die. But it's okay. She's got back problems. Yeah. You, you do a good Meryl Streep. It's Mr. Chen's, uh, it's Mr. Chen's daughter's birthday, everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, so he birthday. had to do it in the daytime. Uh, daughter of yeah. uh, Mr. Chen. I do cool. feel like, I mean, you might still look into that situation because she doesn't she just like full frontal nudity right in front of her massage therapist and then like twirl around and get up on the table like it's that's like a level you don't do that if you're getting a massage also well i don't know where you're getting massages (laughs) i mean speak for yourself joe yeah (laughs) exclusively in my blue apartment in new york city they've had a massager massagee relationship for so long mm. that you know they might as well just walk around naked maybe that's each other. true they honestly no secrets <laughs> yeah, i totally don't. see that as like that's they are so familiar like they, yeah. Yeah. Is, they have been working together for a very long time so she is completely comfortable he Look, knows every she's soul rich, of her body and she has mr chen come to her house in the she room, okay is <laughs> yeah. rich she is rich young and beautiful which as we know from legal eagles means you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> You can seem as suspicious as you would like and still not get charged with a crime. (laughs) (laughs) And she seems very suspicious, not necessarily just the clues themselves of the case, but she acts like the way she acts. You're like, ah, she seems like she's up to something. Yeah, but she's not. She's just damaged from previous traumas or something like that. Yeah. Well, Well, because her mom with a secret. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally she's true. the classic thing, right? She's the mysterious bond with the secret. She's like sexual, but she's not. She's at times she has like the reference childlike innocence. You know, it's just all the things, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then that beautiful, beautiful blonde hair, mm-hmm. like an angel, yeah. a white angel. Like a white angel. <laughs> <laughs> angel Blanche. Oh, God. Here Ellen goes again. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, knowing what we know of this man who was sleeping with every hot young woman at his auction house slash police station, why? Who? Who is the little girl in his dream that's menacing him? Is it Gail? What Gail's the name of the one, the killer, right? Yes. It, I because it doesn't make sense to me. Meryl Streep, I think. I but assumed it, it was Gail, and Meryl Streep was the box. <clears throat> So oh, but, no, the terms. box. But the box is Gail. Okay. Greenbacks. Greenbacks. Greenbox. Oh, Greenbacks. Right, right. I forgot mm. about that. Yeah. That fucking detail. <laughs> Greenbacks. It's not. Um, it's not cutting edge uh, dream analysis in this movie. I wouldn't say. <laughs> it's just so confusing because he had no. He wouldn't be scared of Meryl Streep, right? Like, unless maybe she told oh, him that she killed her dad, and she, that was the bleeding teddy she bear. Told him. Okay. She, she tells him, right? And yeah. I think she says that she tells him. And so to me, it's it's about that idea of the childlike innocence. And he describes her as shy. And like, that's what compels him to her, besides the fact that he's a workplace creeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it was it's about the child, like pulling the eye out, you know, it's I think he's afraid of her. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. she didn't tell him and that that article 
was oh, given to him by, by, by Greenbacks. Greenbacks. <laughs> Greenbacks. Oh, I don't know how he found out. Right. You're right. I don't uh, know how she found out, but I guess she did. She reads Italian newspapers. She reads Italian newspapers. I mean, when you, when you hate somebody that much, you're probably willing to <laughs> this, go to the library. <laughs> yet another element of this movie that makes me feel like this is a this is an amazing giallo is mm-hmm. the fucking Italian newspaper I that know. they never yeah. like. It feels like the footage of the American newspaper that they shot got lost or ruined. <laughs> so they're like, well, the Italian one still works. We'll uh, just yeah. use the Italian one. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just to make it so that people might not know. You know, yeah, like she's back totally. in America. She's the American heiress. It also, yeah. it also uh, very quickly lets us know, oh, she's super rich. This is an international incident. Right. She goes yes. to Italy. Right. Yeah, sophisticated. She's, she's so rich, she goes to rickety bell towers. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. I get assaulted by her dad. Okay. Did you notice that headline in the uh, Italian newspaper? It's not the main headline, but it's a sub headline. Oh no! And it it says "assassinato." Oh yes. (laughs) I did see that. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't speak Italian, but uh, assassinato. Assassinato? Question mark. That's my. That's my coffee order. (laughs) <laughs> Let me get an assassinato. assassinato. Double assassinato. Double assassinato. <laughs> one half pull of vanilla. <laughs> I have to talk about one of my favorite uh, shots in the film. I mean, there's so many. There's mm. just so many moments. But it's when he realizes that what he thought was a murderer or whatever, um, the person coming to kill him because the cops are like, oh, they're going to come kill you next. That evil, crazy woman's going to come kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yowling cat. And then the elevator door opens and her head is just in complete shadow. And oh, it's yeah. just like, ah! yeah. yeah. It's so <laughs> That's really good. Again, the, the sound design, the sound design of this movie mm-hmm. and that scene in particular is so brilliant. It's mm-hmm. you know, again, no music in this movie. <laughs> There's no music. Yeah, it's wild. And that's totally uh I, I love it. That's cheap as hell though. Like the movie <laughs> yeah. the movie it's, the movie itself is trying to tell you that she's the bad guy. It knows she's not. Like cuz it does like sound design things and like it makes a noise when the elevator's like yeah. don't be afraid of her and but like you know she's she's innocent of this movie. <laughs> well, bringing us along. There was a lot of harmonica music in it, but that they that it was too expensive, they had to strip it out. It was like a lot of Bob Dylan. They couldn't get the rights. Yeah. To, for for home video. Give yeah. me a comb comb with the paper over it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Seinfeld intros on every scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I've alluded to this. I got to ask, why is there a fucking police station in this auction house? Do we know at all? There's not. There isn't a police station. Why? He's why just is there? He's just there in interviewing all of the coworkers of George Bynum. Oh. And then for some weird reason, he makes Roy Sharder meet him there, which seems really okay. Bizarre, okay. Whatever. So that wasn't his office. I thought they were sitting at his, in his office discussing. I think she refers to it as such, but she's being clever. Like the police uh, office is up here because these cops won't leave. You know, I like see. That sort of thing. Okay, that makes sense because <laughs> yeah. It's so funny on that tour. Also, she's giving him just the standard tour. And one of the things she mentions is that all the employees have full psychiatric coverage. Yes. <laughs> which I Excellent love. Blue Cross program that covers <laughs> yes. psychiatric, psychiatric expenses Yeah, for all the employees. She says a couple things during this tour. This is our first time meeting her mm-hmm. that kind of like set you off a little that kind of like put you go like, wait, what's this lady's deal? Because mm-hmm. she says that and you're like, that's a pretty weird thing to say. 
And then later on, she goes into another room and she goes, this is where all the slave labor takes place. Yeah. Jeez, lady. We just met. Yeah. It's a a little intimate. It's a hell of a thing to say to a stranger. (laughs) Yeah. What? And then she's, she's constantly like making kind of like eyes at Roy Scheider too, like possibly like, I don't know, maybe this guy. I don't know. So she's kind of like. Yeah. She's after some dick. Just I mean, what is it about that? dude the auction guy that everybody just like needed i so badly believe that they couldn't find a more attractive man yeah what what's going on that they were like no this this guy george this guy we got he's the most attractive man that he's the most believable like pussy magnet that we could find available for the movie right i don't buy it but he's he's an expert in antiquities everybody yeah did you say um, you know that? Do you know the name of the actor, Ellen? Um, Joseph Sumner. It is Joseph Sumner. Joseph Sumner. Yes, he's uh-huh. good. He's a, he's in a movie that we watched recently called Witness. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, he plays he plays a villain in that a different kind of villain in that. Uh, and but but he turns up in a lot of stuff. I really yeah. like him. But he's not exactly uh, a hunk. No. no. But I maybe he's just really good at antiques, and that's attractive to people in the antique world. He knows a lot or about art world. Well, he knows a lot about yeah, Etruscans. like the, the scene the the scene where he is that he's describing to Roy Scheider, that's exactly what he does. He's like dazzling her with his knowledge of antiquities. And, you know, he's the expert and everyone wants to be his assistant. You know, like he's he's smart. Yeah. There's that part where he's talking to <laughs> he's talking to Meryl Streep, right? Oh and he's God. got a he's got an urn. Uh-huh. And, and he's going, this urn was made 500 years before Julius Caesar. It outlived Caesar. It'll outlive the, one of the Medicis, apparently. Yeah. It'll outlive Hitchcock. He, yeah. It'll outlive Hitchcock. It'll outlive Roy Scheider. Uh, and if you don't drop it, if you don't it, drop it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I thought that was pretty attractive. Yeah. I, I, the way she <laughs> smiles up at him in that scene is really funny. That, yeah. is, that was corny the <laughs> that was my least favorite meryl streep moment was her googly <laughs> eyes at at creepo george well yeah it's pretty weird but i feel like it's not it's not about that guy being sexy sorry to be the bummer but it is not about that guy being sexy it is about power in the workplace yeah That's true. yeah you're right so, there we go meryl streep says immediately she didn't love him yeah, like this is right. the, one of the first things that we learned about her relationship with him. Oh, yeah, but he's yeah, a skirt yeah. chaser. I mean, not to diminish what he's doing, but you know the way he says, "Oh, and she just and this young woman, I promised the job to this woman that I'm having an affair with." But then this other woman came in, and you know, it's just the classic mm-hmm. <clears throat> femme fatale, right? Where he's just like so taken with her. The next thing he knows, he offered her the job. Mm-hmm. You know, and so immediately we're like in this place where we feel like. Uh, Brooke Reynolds has some sort of hypnotic, you know, sway over men. Right. You know. So when they first, when she first meets Roy, she brings a watch in that belonged to the man, George, 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 so that Roy can give the watch to His his wife. Why? And then he points out a plot hole where he's like, "You could have just mailed it." <laughs> and why? And she doesn't refute that. But why didn't she just mail it? Do we know? Is there any explanation oh. for that? I mean, she, her, in her mind, it was it would make more okay. clean sense that he left it at one of his appointments rather than as opposed to just arriving mysteriously that, in the mail. That right. does make because sense. he's pretending to have five appointments a week, which is right. 
three of those are yeah, yeah that's I mean, with ladies. even if you have blue cross coverage that <laughs> is insane that's a lot yeah. How many like of those a are my job? Yeah. Incredible Crispin's Bennies. Yeah, you can go to <laughs> you can go to therapy as many times a week as you want. You don't have to come to work. Just go to therapy. Just go to come therapy. to work at Crispin's. Yeah. Where you, we could you could put a lot of work in. Yeah, and you know, as somebody that works in an adjacent field, oh yeah, totally. It's just like these amazing benefits. Oh I mean, my God, my God like it, we barely get any work done because everyone's so busy using their health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go get some more surgery. I mean, this stuff's practically free. Yeah, I'm like, I got braces for fun. (laughs) My my teeth are completely straight. (laughs) Got to do something with all these benefits. You're right. This movie is anti-American. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It feels Canadian. Yeah, it does. Um, but it is, but it is Crispin's. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, real. The, it's the oldest auction house in America. Crispins. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, Meryl Streep uh, says to, to uh, I think it's Meryl Streep talk, or maybe it's the uh, the other lady, the the actual psycho. But someone is like, "Hey, Roy, come to this auction. Stick around. I think one of these paintings is going to go for a million dollars." Yeah, that's Meryl like, Streep. Like, like, that's like hold. Yeah, and then one does during the awesome auction scene, the yeah. the set piece, the climactic set piece. Well second to last climactic set piece of the movie uh and it goes to a million dollars and everybody applauds yeah yeah that's, I'm sure, that must be a real thing to to whatever italian person that she's working with on the phone which you would assume had something <clears throat> to do with her dad and that italian newspaper but really doesn't at all no yeah. okay uh, movies the movie leaves a lot of stuff yeah it's like a lot there. of stuff that is sort of related but then doesn't doesn't have time to connect all of these silly dots that you want connected it's too busy looking beautiful i also yeah. got and i'm fine with it i'm so sorry because you all seem to have loved that auction scene it was just didn't work for me at all like the him trying to like signal to her at first right to like get her attention but then accidentally putting bids on this painting but then actually trying to bid on the painting to well, give her a note. But the the auction scene is more than that because it's, right, right. it's you know, the, the keys the get whole dropped. Thing is kind of, I think it's very beautiful. Like the key, the, he sees her hiding something in her desk. Right. She takes him to his seat. She accidentally drops her keys. Doesn't mm-hmm. notice. Goes to to the phone. He picks up the keys, and right. as soon as he can, he leaves, going. Walking through the fucking storeroom with that weird, with that awesome sculpture that every time I'm just like, that's such a smart thing to do. We all know the wax sculpture, the wax sculpture thing yeah. of, a, of a person. That's where James would hide and Hyper the eyes would move and he would like check out women from yeah. that inside that <laughs> but, sculpture. But it, it also is uh, completely like packed, like how it's got the instructions on how to unpack it. Or yes, yeah. chest brace. Uh-huh. Chest brace. Uh, totally real. But yeah, like, the, I love all this, that. I love that stuff. Is, it's. He's snooping. De Palma the hawk. did it better in Dress to Kill. De Palma mm-hmm. did it better in Dress to Kill. Oh yeah. Um, th- but I just love no music, diegetic sound, an auction mm-hmm. going on. So there's constant sound. There's constant interactions being had. Mm-hmm. He is he's sneaking around, which is ar- already awesome. Yeah. Someone cuts the power. Like wow, yay! Great. <laughs> uh, all these oh, great things. Great. And, and the, he's, the editing he's is sweating. Yes. He's so nervous. And, yeah, he's perspiring. The the outfits he's, these people are wearing are uh, this amazing too. It's like these all bunch of rich people in their rich New York outfits. Yes. pretty pretty great looking people. Like, yes, this movie is a swells. tax bracket. Which just swells. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And just I, outstanding editing in this scene too. Like if, if you're a fan of such things, because mm-hmm. it's all locked, the camera's locked down. And for, for, for most of the movie really is not a lot of camera movement. And it's just like Roy Scheider looking and people looking at each other. And mm-hmm. to, to me, like the, you know, again, I'm, more of a fan of these sort of slow burn type of movies as I get older. And, and by the end of it, I was just like, I'm freaking excited right now. It's yes. just, a, it's just a stupid auction. <laughs> and I'm going like, Whoa. Yeah, no, I love, it all works on me. It all totally. Yeah. Works I, on I me. love all that. I do I love, love all the that. auction scene. Just that one part where he's trying to get her attention. Cause he sees the police are coming for her. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get her attention and he's bidding on that thing. I was just like, Whoa. I was just was confused. He can't really get up because he doesn't want them to know that he knows her. Yes. Yeah. Which is like, d- then don't be there in the first place, first of all. But then he <laughs> accidentally bids, but then tries to bid. Right? He actually is trying to bid and win that thing. Well, he realizes that if he wins the if he wins the bid, then he can he pass the card. Note. He gets that note. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which which is... in, in I looked it up, and in today's dollars, that's six billion dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I- you know, in all honesty, I, I, I'm a little embarrassed about this, but they're in the laundry room. Uh, it said that it was 75 cents to use the. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I looked that. I looked up how much that is in today's money. Is it five dollars? It's two dollars and thirty six cents. It's yeah. really not that outrageous for New so, York. I think. I think uh, we're, what we're learning is that <laughs> pay laundry has, like, that's a that's a pretty good inflation. <laughs> marker like those yeah, that's oh, what yeah, a load of totally. laundry costs is two bucks i did know that i noticed that sign too because it was like we were like sorry the cost cost of whatever yeah. has gone up so we have to yeah. charge 75 yeah. cents now sorry we need to give our employees health insurance so we're adding a fee onto your check <laughs> but whenever i did laundry <laughs> yeah it's not Crispin's. All of our if you want that kind of benefit you should work at Crispin's, the oldest auction house in america the laundry is like <laughs> seven to ten dollars london Get therapy round the clock. Yeah. You never have to step out of the therapist's office. (laughs) Get paid to go to therapy. You can set up a cot in your therapist's office. Did you have a nightmare? (laughs) 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 We'll tell you what it means. We will literally explain it to you. Oh, my God. Now I want to make a 90s version of this movie where it's like a 900 number. He's just a... Yes, I love that. He's a phone line psychiatrist who hears this dream. (laughs) No, I wanted like X-Files style, you know, show of the two psychiatrists dealing with nightmares and visions and so i thought that i I like it i like that that must exist there must be a show like that already can we please talk about gail when she goes into the house to stab meryl streep of course yes (laughs) that's really all i have on that because it's so (laughs) terrifying that okay okay i mean it's the everybody's nightmare which is that you're looking through the crack in the door. Oh yes. God! Oh yeah! Oh, and yes. At the killer, breathing so is, loudly. Oh my God! And then, sure enough, there's Gail with her crazy eye, and she just stabs through the crack. <laughs> she so such a perfectly terrifying moment. That was great. I love it. Did it's she classic horror movie stuff? Yeah, in this. it's it's Very just so. it's a cliche, but I I love it in this so much. Did she not have eyebrows in this movie? Because there's there's something extra spooky about her, like which which usually <laughs> means that I think her eyebrows are like almost the same <clears throat> color as her face for a lot of mm-hmm. it, and that that's a weird look. She's like strawberry blonde. Yeah, eyebrows. <laughs> 
like they they do a couple times. We we mentioned the colors, the vivid colors, which oh, is yeah. a great choice, but also the depth of the blacks yes. that they use in this pools mm-hmm. of blackness. That and in, in two in two particular parts that it's really effective, and of course the Nostromo laundry room scene, yeah, where, yes. where Roy, Roy oh, Scheider is just looking into this this uh, hallway, and it's just yeah. nothing. And then they do use it again brilliantly at, at the end. I think it's hard to achieve this effect. So if you ever see it in a movie, like kudos to the cinematographer. Yeah, they also it's it, it, they do use it in the in the Central Park scene as well. Uh, <laughs> That's a, right. Amazingly to mm-hmm. to create another frame within the frame. Yeah, uh, it's scary as hell. It's but oh, when yeah. Meryl Streep's out on the on the balcony and and you know that she's there, but then she steps in. It's like she's. You don't see her at all. Yeah, she takes one step and she's completely bathed in light. Like, yeah. woo, that's yeah, spooky. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's this so movie, good. this movie, uh, really needs a restoration. I, I just, I, mm. I can't imagine that there isn't a a studio that's willing or that wants to restore the work of Nestor Almandros. Like, right. uh, and particularly this, it's a beautiful movie. It's just, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I would kill to see like a 4k, <laughs> oh my God. uh, like restoration with, with, uh, remastered sound. You could even cool. see her eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> in a 4k. You I could just, really hear that comb with the paper over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. Yeah. laughs> I would just, just die to see when he, um, tells Meryl Streep she can go out the back way in his office mm. and he opens the door and the back way, the walls are red. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it's just so oh, great. Oh yeah. Like, the whole thing about the danger, the danger mm-hmm. it's everywhere. The red. It's so smart. Cool. Like they've just, yeah. the, every, every shot is composed. So, so deliberately, mm-hmm. uh, and like very simple, like the things mm-hmm. contained in any shot are extremely simple. Like there is a focal point and there is like, <laughs> A color. <laughs> yes. There's a color and a focal point. Uh, mm-hmm. And when the color is black, it's the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Truly. Yeah. I, that park scene. Oof. Every time I forget that there's a mugger, I always forget there's a mugger. Mm. And that guy scares the shit out of me. And he's, <laughs> he's genuinely scary. And then I love how Roy Scheider diffuses the situation for us all. Is. Mm-hmm. I was like a little is Roy at this point, he gives him his jacket and he's like, okay, just make sure I get out of the park safely. And he thinks he's following Meryl Streep. But so he is he aware that somebody's trying to kill him in the park? He thinks he's being toyed with. Okay. So he knows there's a danger at that point. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just like didn't track his emotional changes in these scenes, I guess. I don't know why. Roy was... Scheider is kind of a one note in this movie. Like, yeah. He never goes above a simmer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, even his jokes, like, which I have to assume he was like, let me, come on, let me tell a joke. Right. Uh, was, were really just I, kind of like. I really needed eh. the harmonica to like really tell me what he was feeling because I could not figure it out. No. Do you guys want to know what the name of the name of the actor who played the mugger is? Oh yeah, it's Larry Joshua. <laughs> Larry Joshua. Larry Joshua. Larry huh. Joshua. And I did want to say what that he he says he has a fantastic. I don't know why this amused me so much, but this is the way this is his mugger patter when he first uh, starts accosting Roy Scheider. <laughs> All right, you son of a bitch. Give me all your money. <laughs> That's just rude. All right, you son of a bitch. You don't need to be that aggressive. I mean, what, you what a do? prick. If someone came up and tried to take the wallet, 
Yeah, he doesn't want the wallet. Does he, he take wallet? the wallet? I'm assuming the wallet's the in the coat pocket. <laughs> oh, that's how they know that it's Rorschach. That coat, by the way. Okay, <laughs> should we talk about some clothes? Oh, sure. There yes. are some clothes in this movie. I love Roy Scheider's coat that gets stolen, which, which is corduroy lined. Yeah. Please bring that back. That is a hot it, fucking look. It's cool. It's just so Land's End. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, when he took the jacket, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Not his jacket. That's yeah. cool. He's just so shrink daddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, From the starting daddy. shot the with those glasses, those like tweed, pan... yeah, the sweatshirt over the button down. Yes, he's a Roy Scheider is a svelte gentleman too, so he really disappears into this big jacket. Like, yeah. yes. if you see any of the wider shots, you're like, who's that little guy? Oh, it's Roy Scheider. That's <laughs> Roy. Ratatouille cop was wearing <laughs> this quilted <laughs> vest. Inside yeah. his jacket, oh, inside yeah. his blazer, yeah. mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's it's such a weird like. <laughs> I like that. It seems it seems like it's it seems like fashion riding. now, but to me, I would have just thought you're not supposed to wear that with that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. it's like a classic menswear, like winter gear for hunters, for men. Like it was just a layer that you could wear under your suits. Sports coat under like everything. It's just like a classic yeah. utilitarian thing. Weird. I we need to bring that back. We need to bring cigarettes back. We need <laughs> yeah. to bring harmonicas back. Yes, just movies. Please. Yes, please. Welcome we got to let this movie change the world. Yeah. We, we need a still of the night essence. <laughs> we need rear windows <laughs> to be back. <laughs> rear windows. Um, pretty much everything Meryl Streep wore was stunning and incredible yes i didn't get yeah. a lot of photos of it but she just looks great and everything so <laughs> i only took a picture I, pictures of the two cops <laughs> I just fall for that blue dress every time mm. it's just so perfect is that what Did she's we... wearing at the cabin at the beach house or mm-hmm. yeah she's wearing in the auction scene and then yes. at glen cove mm-hmm. is gail phillips wearing a red dress do they go that far She's not. I didn't no. know. Okay, that would have been perfect. But the but the assistant who's the red herring is wearing pink. I think Heather. Mm-hmm. Heather, the assistant. I thought yeah. it was her for a little while, and this was the second time I watched it. Greenbacks is wearing something like a New England um, clam shucking outfit. Yeah, <laughs> oh. and but she's, 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 she's got red hair. Coat. Yeah. yeah, she has oh, red hair. Um, the chore jacket. And her chore is Short to kill jacket. everybody. <laughs> With she, a similar stab pattern. Yeah, she's like came straight from Martha Stewart's greenhouse to you, kill Meryl Street. What do you think the pattern was? Like, do you think it was just like a tic-tac-toe game or? <laughs> it's a G. A G. It's a G stab <laughs> in there. She just looks like an Andrew A Wyatt green painting. box. <laughs> green backs. Ugh. Greenbacks. Greenbacks. So crazy. Um, one of the things I really love about this film is the way that they layer, like they weave in George Bynum's sessions with Roy Scheider reading them. Yeah. I just love that. I think it's so mm. smooth and perfect. And I feel like uh, Joseph Summers' performance is so great. I mean, we just believe he is sleazy george bynum sleazy yet and troubled george bynum yeah yeah i think it's really great i love that whole section of the movie where he's reading back over their time together (laughs) to figure out what's going on that was so like satisfying and fun to watch that it's the investigation yeah like just like the scene the scene where him and his mom are eating chinese food and Mm -hmm. talking over the dream which he then empties 
two full plates of food into the garbage, which oh you know I don't have a problem with. Oh, no. That oh is no. not okay. Either that food was oh garbage no. <laughs> or <laughs> I was just mad. Like, I, you, you already know. I don't like it yeah. when people throw food away in a movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was bad. <laughs> He should have said, this food's bad, and then put it in the garbage. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> this food's bad. He has to stay they in the garbage. They could have gotten a classic 80s sushi gag in there, too. Like, what's this sushi crap? And then, like, Exotic. No, these people Raw fish, no thanks. They're the 80s. Way too, they're way too uh, sophisticated for, yes. for that. Like, they would absolutely just adore some sushi. They're probably... Uh, it's probably just too greasy. The oh, Chinese is too He greasy. has to stay swallowed in his giant corduroy jacket, too. He can't. Like eat a bunch of food and right in front of his mom. Can't puff up. Can't bloat. Yeah, cannot bloat. Uh, he's got women to stalk in Central Park after midnight. He's got a dancer's body. Yeah, he's got. He does. <laughs> he really does. But there is something about the lack of chemistry between Rory Scheider and Meryl Streep that is a bummer. It's really strange. The their romantic entanglement at all is so bonkers and weird i wish that it wasn't there I yeah wish that, i wish that the, that it was yeah. simply i i wish that roy scheider was obsessed with the mystery yeah like, like mm-hmm. jennifer hart style yeah mm-hmm. like i'm gonna get in trouble Mom. right mm-hmm. like <laughs> so, be ready to bail me out that does, kind of shit it does not make Perfect. any sense it, it would to- it would totally work without the romance yeah, yeah. It would absolutely work i think it's just you get you get why he, you get why he would be like rebounding psychiatrist, you get why he would be attracted to her, but there's not, he's not given a lot of space or uh, he's not exactly top loaded with appeal there. I mean, he's like the foil, right? So it's just sort of, you know, yeah, it's it's not great. And I, I do feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the queen of rewrite corner by any means, but it is, it is like a, a weak point in, in the film for it's me. Strange. It pains me to say that, but it's just not, yeah. it doesn't have like, especially if you're referencing Hitchcock mm-hmm. or Noir or Giallo, like heavily, it's like, there is that, that hot chemistry. Like you have to have that, that sizzle you know there has mm-hmm. to be that tension and it's just a misfire so for me it it's really like it, it has to be either like super amped up and it just seems like like the characters are kind of astonished by it or you know or like roy scheider's buttoned up character is is astonished by it you know is like the divorced you know shrink mm-hmm. like tweed jacket guy or it just doesn't need to be there and i guess i would prefer it to just have it not be there. So Eric, when you remake the nineties version, can <laughs> yeah. you please just have it be straight detective shit? Absolutely. And harmonicas though. Yeah. yeah and harmonicas. Track yeah. tracks yeah. digital harmonicas over the <laughs> Instead of cigarettes, <laughs> you have to track in harmonicas. Oh no, it's, it's, it's the nineties. There will be cigarettes. Mm. I, I want more ceramic cats on uh roof beams. <laughs> yes, please. That should be a thing. Yeah. Nobody should do that. That's oh really yeah, cool. yeah, that's great. It's cute. When it shatters on the ground, you know it's windy out. Uh, oh, there's a real barn burner out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, out at Glen Cove. I forgot that they were romantic <laughs> at all until he kisses her when she's on, she's like moaning on that massage <laughs> table, which also seemed just wildly inappropriate for him to be in the room when they were yes, doing that. Yes. It, it was just a major misfire. There's the romance. A, there's one scene where I feel like there is chemistry between them, and it's really not 
chemistry between them. It's just Meryl Streep doing a really fucking good job. It's when she brings him a statue to replace the one that she broke. Oh yeah. And when she is so nervous. When she is nervously explaining to him what the statue is, she is so fucking adorable. Yeah. And just I love her so much. And I have this this like need to protect her at that moment. I'm like, that that doesn't exist for the rest of the movie though. Yeah. Like her her kind of childlike Mm -hmm. behavior is a little more um Creepy. Well, he has to think that she might be trying to kill him. Yes. So it's necessary. It doesn't make of any course, sense. it's necessary to the movie. I just like the I Roy Scheider didn't get to play off that is the right. thing. Does he is he romantic? I mean, he's got a wife in Jaws. They're not really that romantic. I don't know. Remember the chemistry there in Sorcerer? Is there? I don't think there's any. There's romance no romance there. in Sorcerer. There's not much. It's sex just in like Sorcerer, oh no. well. He does. There's a there's a lovely di- slow dance at the end. <laughs> I, I think these are the three movies I've seen him in, and he's he's sexual fairly often in uh, all that jazz, but uh, oh, I would, wouldn't necessarily use the term sexy. Oh, uh, movie. But is there it, like good chemistry though with the counterpart or it's it's, it's kind of not that kind of, kind of movie it's uh, it's yeah. like a big pa- movie packed with a bunch of stuff and a bunch of different characters that's like quick cuts and stuff yeah uh but you know he's got that no no intimate stuff i wouldn't say i mean there's that scene where his girlfriend and his daughter do that dance for him and you you find it believable in that but they're not even the same shot together mm-hmm. um he's just i i love roy scheider he's one of my all-time favorite actors Sex mm. appeal just isn't isn't one of the things, and he's That's, it's a, it's enough without it though. He's he is absolutely great. He's so fun to watch. Just ex- just figuring out this mystery and that's enough and they don't need to yeah i like looking at him i like listening to him i like everything about roy scheider i also do i feel like he's a really good audience surrogate like that's that's his his kind of role in every movie is to be the audience surrogate like the one he's easy enough to relate to the more interesting relationship is the relationship with his mother yes (laughs) (laughs) because he say that in a creepy way it just is it like is. the more engaging, yeah. uh, more authentic feeling relationship. It yes. feels a little more realized than than this thing they have to preserve the distance and then the forced closeness that they have to have for this femme fatale thing to, to must, be pulled off. It'd be great if, if she was there instead of Meryl Streep at the end of the cabin. It was his mom <laughs> and him. <laughs> because, you know, you really can't trust Meryl Streep with a set of keys. I'm sorry, that character. Like, oh, she, yeah, she, that's why she goes running back into the cabin after turning every single lamp off for 20 minutes. Did you all, did you all notice that? Yes. It's yeah. like, can you just leave a light on for one night while you run away from this murderer? But didn't or? She, like, when she went into the house, <laughs> she didn't turn any lights on. She just sat in a dark fucking house and smoked. Yeah. So Until the, Roy Scheider turned so the lights on. So she just off. really doesn't like those lights on. She's not one of those. But it's like, it's the house she grew up in yeah yeah i've done that where you just you just know intrinsically like and you're if you're going there to not be fucked with (laughs) just play a little harmonica in a dark room (laughs) that house (laughs) is so fucking cool by the way oh my god yeah yeah. it's great i'm pretty sure it's a set (laughs) uh the interiors i'm pretty sure are are a set there's uh you can't get that lighting in a real house um also, it the layout makes zero sense, which is one of the things that I love about it. It's like Secret okay, staircase. so there are <laughs> yeah, the, your house, your house is three libraries and uh-huh. a staircase, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. a staircase up right. to it's a veranda. Let's leave the library and go into the other library. Yes, the, let's. You know, yeah, if we take the stairway the up there. So I'm gonna have a. Library. I'll have a cigarette in the librarette. <laughs> librarette. 
This I'll take my coffee in the Grand Library. A great, on the unnecessary list. thing. I like it. Secret Staircase is always yeah. scary no matter what. Yeah. 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 Why they don't build secret staircases and secret tunnels into every single house is a mystery to me. Honestly, yeah, I, why not? I would search my house constantly for <laughs> secret passages. Secret. Ever since a little TV show called Webster taught us Ooh. that secret passageways <laughs> are, the, are the way to do it. Or blue chip murders on Heart to Heart. Yes. Oh, yes. Secret wine yes. cellar. Oh, my God. Right. You guys so should be much. looking for a connection to, to the episode of Webster where Webster finds a secret hallway. <laughs> Goes upstairs and finds a skeleton of an old dead woman. <laughs> Whoa! What the, the real thing? That Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> that sounds Spoiler amazing. alert for Webster season two episode fourteen. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I yeah. We we will find that. We will find a way, <laughs> and we'll have you back when we do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If we ever make our way two to episodes that. later. Yeah. You're on next episode. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. I love the beeper. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a, the most annoying sound a beeper could make, though. It it's sounded perfect. like a cat, like a yowling cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's the so size good. of a deck of cards. Yep. Yeah. I forgot that he got murdered. That's yeah. Because he goes up to so her great. apartment. Yeah. Ratatouille got. Yeah. Ratatouille. It's pretty yep. bloody, too. Like, it's yeah. not a very mm. bloody movie. And then you get this one shot, like, the camera panning down, and this and his guy is slid down in a trail of his own blood. And you're like, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, much Christ. like she should have done for Roy, but didn't for yeah. some reason. <laughs> this movie is PG. Oh, really? It's rated PG, which I find, like, it just doesn't feel like a PG movie. No. Even though there's no foul language and the the blood is, like, (laughs) kind of bleeding, uh, it doesn't feel like a PG. No. (laughs) No, there's, like, nudity, isn't there? Like, can't you see her? The side boob. and and 82, 82, you can totally show that stuff. Oh, yeah. 82, 82, you're totally cool. Was was PG-12 and under accompanied? Uh, yes. Well, like that. parental you know, guidance suggested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes a lot more Sorry. sense because did we watch this on Amazon? Yeah, we did. And then at, after the credits are rolling, we oh, just saw a woman fall face first into a pile of rocks. And Amazon was like, do you want to watch the freebie original Play-Doh Squished Episode 1 <laughs> Beach <laughs> TV show? That's what yeah. it recommended to us after yeah. watching I'm in the mood. Still of the Night. Yeah. And you know, those those things come up immediately. So yeah. like, like, hug. <laughs> The moon disappears. That that piece Green of music is playing. Typography. The, yes, and then Play-Doh squished. <laughs> yeah, squished at the beach. <laughs> Ugh, fucking What's trash. Squish. Why do I? You don't need to no, know. Don't. Yeah, there's don't no, tell me. There's nothing I don't know on why Earth I said that. that. Well, that's my link, so we can definitely watch it. <laughs> <laughs> do they use Fun Factory, the best Play-Doh? Um, implement ever created the play-doh fun factory yeah <laughs> no it's grape escape that, like, squirted out star yep. shaped uh, yes. tubes yeah yep. that was very satisfying it's, uh, super satisfying no gra- grape escape <laughs> just give me a minute grape escape is a board game where you make the it has a mold of a little grape character and you mold that character and then you have to get through a like torture chamber where everything will squish you and if you're on the wrong spot at the wrong time you get like squished or like Pressed through a spaghetti strainer. Wow. So it's like soft or. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was. It was so it sounds cool. Sounds vaguely familiar. I do remember this. Yeah. It was the coolest oh. application for Play Doh. Play Doh Saw Factory. <laughs> saw Factory. You uh, thought it was over, but the game has just begun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. You've almost made me forget I have COVID. Oh, <laughs> you have COVID right now. Is it ongoing? Are you still in the throes? Um, I mean, I tested negative uh, the last two days. Oh, Good. Nice. So and now you're, you're feeling... just now just tired as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Now I just have nothing to hang it on. Well, speaking of things to hang things on. <laughs> it's, it's time for Pick Your Bow. Oh, boy. <laughs> does Travis start? Oh, wow. Technically, Travis does start. Yeah. <clears throat> pick your poke. Um, pick your poke. <laughs> pick, pick your poke. You know, I like this guy. <laughs> I'm just going to pick Joseph Summer because, you yeah. know, I know he's a scumbag in this, but I like him as an actor. And I could see him being attractive. Wow. He's, he's not got... a conventionally attractive guy, but this is a gravitas. Something about this guy that just. I loved him in Witness. He needs it. Wow. Sure. <laughs> um. Why not? <laughs> My poke is Ratatouille. Oh, yeah. Joe Grafasi, because he is just cute. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> and he works out of a Crispin auction house. <laughs> and he's got the best beeper. <laughs> huge. Huge. Yeah, huge. It's huge. Uh, it's either, I mean, it, it's it's the blue apartment yeah oh yeah yeah that's a good one a million percent i get down with that blue apartment oh well mine's apartment mine's uh mr harris his first client uh Uh the one who just lost his job yes (laughs) yeah he was cute uh and if if uh you if you want a more substantial character it's mr chung oh yeah mr chung was hot the big it's his daughter's birthday. Therapist. Yeah. <laughs> it's his daughter's birthday at 9 p.m. <laughs> no, it's during the day. Oh. That's I... why it's during the day, because it is his daughter's birthday. So they changed the appointment to the day. Right. Because ber- the birthday is like late at night, right? Evening. It's an evening. Like dinner. Like a birthday dinner. Oh. Yeah. That, that was kind of like, for that character didn't have any lines, but I was like, oh, that's a good guy. <laughs> he was great. Like, you can trust that guy. Yeah. Um. I didn't really, I didn't take actual notes because uh, I didn't need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the only things I wrote were, were he's scraping a whole plate of food into the trash. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did say even the shot of the phone book is spectacular. Uh, <laughs> there are two shots of the phone book that I'm just like, how long did you take setting up this shot? Oh, yeah. It's amazing they look great my eye went directly to brooke's name mm-hmm. <laughs> in a shot where they didn't even like blur the edges or anything just here you go that is pretty wild nestor is really fucking good at his job <laughs> my last note is uh jo- joseph sumner the he's like explaining meryl streep to the therapist and he's like here's a photo of her and it's just meryl streep's headshot yeah <laughs> like, i, I love like that the most pro looking headshot <laughs> imaginable i took this photo of her it's candid i think he meant he stole that photo of her. yeah out of her yeah. portfolio that's so weird it should be four pictures of her playing different characters like one of those headshots <laughs> like here's her as a cowboy yeah yeah i love that that'd be great uh, it's, her, it's her as a murderer this is versatile <laughs> she's versatile <laughs> uh. 
I did want to. I, I'm not sure if we mentioned, but Jessica Tandy is in the birds. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hitchcock's in this movie. Jessica Tandy's in this movie. <laughs> Jessica Tandy's in this movie. Still we didn't mention night. it. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. Uh, and and also um, that um, it's movies called Still of the Night is a song, I believe, called Still of the Night. Mm-hmm. And it takes all their willpower, but they do it, and they absolutely do not play the song still of the night at any right. point in this movie. Shoo-doo, God bless them. Mm. It's a good song, too. It is a good song. Yeah. Mm. I, they just song. play like a classical song at the end. Yeah, just the the same song they play at the opening. I love a I love a movie named after a song that doesn't feature the song in it. This yeah, isn't the great. only one. Yeah, but I can't I can't mention I can't remember offhand what the one I'm thinking of is. <laughs> That's like a real major fuck you to that song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We like the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like the title. The title's good. What's this shoo crap? <laughs> Why was this movie really called Still of the Night? What What are your best guesses? I think it's just an evocative title. I, I, they were going for something about they were the nightmare. Going for fucking, they were going for a giallo. They were going for a giallo, like a, in the purest sense. They were going for a detective novel. Well, it's like a trashy detective novel. Yeah. Still of the night is it's better than like what uh million dollar auction house like yeah, Crispin's murder at Crispin's <laughs> bad, bad luck at Crispin's bad luck at Crispin's auction <laughs> everyone's oh fuckable at Crispin's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crispin's that really is like odd that of just like a bunch of people having sex with each other that whole auction house it's like totally it's kind of gross I love it that's classic auction house Five. culture though I mean that's what they're all like three times a week he snuck out to have sex with his coworkers. that's pretty insane amazing okay it's time to pick link, our links link up hot links yeah. all right we did you choose one we continue in uh in minute max order guy 15 guy 15 guy 15 i love it <laughs> i'm loving guy 15 um can i can i give you guys two options and you guys can pick the one you hate the least sure yeah of the two and they're in a very very different directions but uh, for jessica <laughs> tandy uh, I would like to hear you guys talk about the movie Batteries Not Included. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Have you seen that before, Ellen? Yes. Yes. It's one of the most bizarre movies ever made. I mean, we, people thought it was weird when it came out, but it's only gotten weirder with time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is. This is a movie about sentient tiny UFOs. That's a movie I've is, seen. Yeah. Okay. Sentient tiny UFOs produced by Steven Spielberg, and it is depressing oh god really (laughs) sad oh my god because it's about the tragedy of aging yeah (laughs) oh jesus it's so fucking weird oh no my parents took me to this movie on christmas and i remember just being like what why am i like so sad batteries not included it sounds like a charming movie and then the other op it is maybe it is the other option is shider Take fall fall Scheider, but Scheider made a movie with Jonathan Demi called Jaws. early on in Jonathan Demi's career in 1979 called Last Embrace, ah. and uh, it's uh, it's something else. It's like it's Jonathan Demi. It's got Christopher Walken in it. Uh, I've heard I, of this. I don't want to like spoil anything for you or anything, but um, I'm a huge I'm a huge Demi fan. I'm a huge Scheider fan. Hmm. I have um, never seen this. Oh yeah, and so uh, I, I think. That will be a whole different kind of experience. Batteries not included will be like you guys getting to tee off on something incredibly strange. And this is this Sad. is a movie that perhaps you could enjoy. Oh, my God. Okay. 
Uh, mine is as the Virgin Voyager. I've never seen the movie Natural Born Killers. Oh wow! <laughs> so oh my god! That's mine because Joe Grif- <laughs> Grifazzi is in oh. that. Oh wow! But he's also in Beaches, which I've also never seen. <laughs> so Pretty I, much the same, same yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, same wow. similar story. I know every time Natural Born Killers comes up, everyone's like, oh, shit, Natural Born Killers. But I don't really know why. And I've never seen it. And I don't really know what it's about. So oh, I've, I've, <clears throat> if, whether we do it on this podcast or not, I've, I'm happy to watch that one with you. OK, I'll put that. Do one you on. not know anything about Natural, Natural Born Killers is like Joe? Not really. We, well, I mean, I know vague vagaries. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Then. I know. I think oh I, I watched God. some of the trailer to choose it. <laughs> I was going to pick Meryl Streep, but I was just like, oh, I don't know. I well, maybe Ellen did. Yeah. Did you choose Devil Wears Prada? I did not choose Meryl Streep. Hmm. I also chose Jessica Tandy. Oh. And I have selected... An episode from Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Oh, my God. Uh, Season three, episode one, which originally aired on October 6, 1957. Shall I read you the description? Please. Yes. All right. The Glass Eye. Captivated by the actor's physical beauty, an aging spinster pulls up stakes to follow a ventriloquist and his dummy from performance to performance. Finally. The man consents to a much-wanted meeting. Wow. Whoa. Rad. Very, very vague at the end there. I love it. That sounds fun. I think that sounds great. Um, I chose also Joe Crefasi in a movie called Presumed Innocent. Oh, my God. Holy (laughs) crap. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's another adult, adult grown-up mystery um, with Harrison Ford. and. Uh, Alan J. Pacula is Bonnie Bedelia. Bonnie <laughs> directed by the guy who directed All the President's Men, Alan yeah. Pacula. Yep. Alan Pacula. Oh. I love Alan Pacula so much. It, it was really hard. I have to just say it. It was really hard for me not to go with Joseph Summer, who, Travis, I also really appreciate him. Um, and it was just. It took all my strength, much like last week, it took all my strength not to go like demand that we watch Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, my God. Uh, it's what a picture. everything inside of me to not have picked Joseph Summer and gone with Malice. Oh, fuck. Oh, Malice. Shit. I watched that within the last year, I want to say, again. Um, right. I, yeah, that's fun. Hmm. You would love it. It's Aaron Sorkin. Oh, I like that. Aaron's early Sorkin. It's I pretty good. Black Sorkin. Widow is a friggin' masterpiece. Oh, I love it. Yeah. God, I love it. Um, are we keeping both of Travis's? Travis, we love you. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't I, know. I'm leaning towards nixing batteries not included because of your description. Of I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say just we're we're going to go with we're going to go with our our mission statement and and since it's not a mystery, we're going to push it aside. Oh, okay. yeah. There you go. The, uh, the other one is definitely more in your in your wheelhouse in that yeah. case. Last Embrace. Yeah. Okay. So we have Presumed Innocent, Last Embrace, Natural Born Killers, and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And those are our links. Dig it. I, I am be, I'd be so thrilled with any of these. Does anybody want to fight for one, or should we just do the wheel? I think they all sound pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. All right. We will spin the wheel. <laughs> oh, wow. Can you see it? Oh no! What is oh it? Oh my god! I'm so so sorry. Joe. What is it? 
It is natural. Natural born, born killers. killers. <laughs> oh, wow! It chose mine. I'm Weird. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Oh wow! Did you see oh, that the wow. other wheel wedges did say other movies? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I uh, just just uh, um, they did. I'm assuming I won't be coming back with an episode. I have seen Natural Born Killers over twenty times. Oh shit! So you know, as um, have I. Is I, it one of your I deeply, deeply love that movie. And uh, and it is it completely insane. Ellen, have you ever an, an heard of it? insane movie by a troubled person. <laughs> What'd you say, Joe? Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> oh, not familiar. Okay, <laughs> not yeah. interested. <laughs> not interested. I uh, yeah, I loved that movie when it came out, and I think I loved it for about three or four years, and then it lost its grip on me. Uh, and it when is... I tried to revisit it, I was like, oh. Huh. Huh. It's but, like one of those movies that it's been film students love, right? And then they like you sort of it's like uh pie or it's like on in that ilk, right? I think or it's the kind spotting. of movie that young boys like. Young, yeah, uh, I don't think I've seen it more than once. Oh. I've I'm actually I would like to watch it again. I would like to watch it I it's been long enough and my uh my tastes are so wildly <laughs> swaying back and forth all the time that i i'm curious to see what i would think of it this time did you hate it ellen when you saw it um no but i didn't want to marry it obviously yeah i mean it's got got joe graffati it it wasn't your poke (laughs) no i mean i guess at that point it's like if it's characters like if you're riffing on carol fugate you know and charles starkweather Mm. i already have have my pick for that yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just yeah i I I'm very curious. I'm very curious to watch it again. I'm very curious for you to watch this because yeah, it's man. also like I don't know how much Oliver Stone you're familiar with. I don't know either. Boy, boy that's, Joe, I, I I am so sorry. That's a, <laughs> I mean, Uh-oh. I don't want to describe this movie too much because I wanted I want you to kind of be like to have to just take it <laughs> take it in. <laughs> but uh, well, there is always it's, beaches. It's unusual. Okay. Uh, I also, that's good. It's good timing because Tom Sizemore is, oh, is passed away, oh, is passed away recently. He is in a three-way overacting competition with Robert Downey Jr. and Tommy <laughs> Jones in this movie, and uh, hard oh, to wow. say who wins. There, I'm yeah. sorry, but everybody is really going swinging for the fences. In oh, this for movie. sure. But those are the those are like the three the three people who are on the podium. I feel like true, true. Yeah. Okay, is well, it, I'm gonna. Is I'm, it too late for malice? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to uh, put put in to to contention that I think we should watch the theatrical cut, not the director's cut. Okay, um, that's true. And yeah. Okay. I wow. I am very very curious to revisit this. I'm very excited to talk to you guys about it. Because I feel like we're all going to be. This incels. is going to be the most in- amazing. Uh, collection of opinions on the movie. <laughs> I can't I cannot wait to listen to this episode. interesting <laughs> did I choose wrong I don't know I'm scared of I, I think you did and you didn't at all I think it was it's it's both I mean <laughs> it's triumph and tragedy we did mm-hmm. the hunger the series we <laughs> I'd be playing I'm playing both ends of the harmonica absolutely <laughs> <laughs> my mouth is fully around it I want it all <laughs> 
Oh my god! All right. Okay, I'm nervous about our next episode, but listeners, <laughs> that's that's how it should be. I hope that Jesus you'll join Christ. us for Natural Born Killers. Uh, I oh my god. the definitive podcast episode on Natural Born Killers. Yes, uh, this wow. one is available on Prime uh, to rent for four dollars. Um, I let me let me uh. just do a real quick look at Canopy. Um, it's got to be all over the internet. Oh yeah, I can't pay four dollars for that. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm. It's it's not on Canopy. I'm pretty sure you'll find it if you just <laughs> YouTube <laughs> Natural Horn Killers stream. Um, <laughs> now, Ellen, or you can go the, to. I'm gonna watch the Glass Eye anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds horrific. Now, Ellen's gonna start hating uh, <laughs> hot links and <laughs> chain reaction. Chain reaction. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, rent it from Scarecrow. Just go up and, and there you go. Up. There you go. Uh, drive to Seattle wherever drive you are. To Seattle, <laughs> pick up your copy of Natural Born Killers. It's mm. worth it for Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone. Oh, All right, Travis, thank you so much for coming back and talking about this movie with us. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me back on. It's a joy. I love doing it. Yay! Wait, I love did, you guys. Did we say whether we recommended it or? Not? Oh, if, oh, listen to yeah. listen to oh, Ellen here. Um, I don't. I didn't say. Did we rate it under Joe's tyranny of ratings? Because um, um, because words are important. Well, Travis starts. Oh, I go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's my nickname again? Guy, Guy fifteen. Guy fifteen. <laughs> I'm gonna get a T-shirt made. Guy fifteen. Uh, uh, yes, I I definitely recommend it. I I think I, I would have been a a soft not recommend the first time I watched it, and I've switched it to a almost hard fully recommend oh my god that's a terrible way of saying that okay. almost hard uh, <laughs> almost hard you're like an erect recommend <laughs> almost <laughs> almost <laughs> it is like we talked about it for this whole for this whole podcast it is slow if you're not in the mood for a slow or as or as a better way to put it deliberately paced movie that's it's not going to be your thing but mm. if you're in the mood for a stately adult-ish type of beautiful looking <laughs> thriller yeah <laughs> it is it's, it's really good at and, uh, and it's a lot of fun at Crispins. i agree i do recommend this movie and i think i'm like 7.5 links out of 10 because Ooh. it's not without its issues as we've f- fully thoroughly discussed there are issues but it is like a sophisticated thriller in a lot of ways and it was very fun and engrossing to watch so and especially if it leads to a psychiatry spinoff where psychiatrists are <laughs> analyzing dreams and yeah. solving mysteries. I I love that component. So recommend. I mean, of course I recommend it. The end. Shocking. The end. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, fully recommend this movie. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's, it's a well-made movie that uh, someone forgot to write. They made a whole movie. <laughs> They they finished the movie, finished guys. The movie. Bravo. Uh, <laughs> all right, listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us again. Uh, talk to us at Instagram at It Was Murder Pod or on Twitter at It Was Murder Pod. Yes, please. Please write us a review uh, or or just, you know, give us five stars and, and be happy with yourself wherever you're listening to this. 
I do also got to say, I recommend Plato squished at the beach. The original <laughs> for the, I for don't. a follow up. I don't. For still of the night. It's the perfect yeah. follow up. The espresso on the meal of still of the night. The assassinato in, in the morning. Before we wrap, Travis, do some plugs. Of what, do your plugs. What do you what do? You do? Who, where, who are you? Uh, where uh, you can you can listen to the suspense is killing us podcast uh, that I do with my friends Matt and Emily, and uh, we talk about movies like this. We've never done this one before. I'm sure we will at some point. Um, but well, like we did Witness uh, on our Patreon, we talked about Natural Born Killers. We talk about a lot of stuff that's in this exact wheelhouse. Um, so if you like that sort of thing, give it a listen. But we did beat you to it, and it will be old news by then. Yeah, I'll just I'll have to watch it for a third time, but I, I will be looking forward to it that time. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what your thoughts on it are the third time. Yeah, hopefully you <laughs> don't go back to hating time. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Flip, flip the switch. <laughs> Two is perfect. Three is. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I also highly recommend "Suspense Is Killing Us." Uh, wonderful, super funny, very fun. 7.5 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Thank you. Uh, four stars. Uh, yeah, this... Four stars, stars 7.5 for Guy 15. Because I'm a monster. Just Travis um... describing his nightmare for like all those episodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Uh, all right. Guy well, 15. Hopefully we'll see y'all next week for Natural Born Killers. And, uh, oh, my God. Until then, good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Yeah, play us off. Good night, Freeway. <laughs> Perfect. This is Freeway playing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, well done, no, that's yeah. not allowed. No vocals. <laughs> <laughs>